Well, we are starting part two of the launch to season two. I think you and I both were a bit surprised that the content that we put together for the first one took a little longer than we thought. So we thought we're going to honor our audience and we're going to stay true to our commitment to be under 30 minutes and we're going to go to part two. So for those yes. of you who are just joining us, you need to go back. If you haven't listened to the launch of season two, the first episode, you probably need to jump back and kind of get caught up because we're kind of continuing a conversation um, just about lessons learned, where mm -hmm. we're headed and the goals we have for this next year. And so we're just going to jump right in. Is that okay for you, Tracy? I would love to do that. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do just it. jump jump right in. Um, so we're getting into a new school year. By the time this is released, we'll be a couple weeks into a new school year. And there are some risks that you always have to take as you enter new phases of growth. Growth, right. Yeah. So I want to ask you as the leader of School Connect, when you think about this past year, and as you move into this next chapter coming off of sabbatical, what are some some risk that you think that you might be taking moving forward that might empower, challenge, motivate, cause our listening audience to pause and say, hmm, should I consider that? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we at School Connect really believe in the power of the cafe. It's that community and family engagement roundtable event where a principal really is able to share with their community partners their strategic goals for their school and, and that all those community partners can help that school accomplish those goals so that kids really flourish, right? That's our goal. And what we decided was we were going to participate in this incredible uh, Community Thrives campaign. And we were going to try to help as many schools as possible across the state of Arizona. Yep. So not just urban or suburban, but rural and tribal lands. We were trying to make sure that as many schools as possible could do a cafe and that every school has projects that they want to try to accomplish. And, um, and that can be like a garden or a mural, or maybe they need more STEM activities or art, or maybe, you know, uh, technology. There's so many things. And we thought, let's take the risk and be a part of this campaign and try to get as much funding as we can for projects for as many schools as we could, um, covering all these different kind of areas in Arizona. And um, to do that, we had to have someone help us. We had to contact yep. <laughs> somebody uh, in our marketing to be able to help us get that word out so that we could do that. And, and we have not done that quite like this. And so we were really excited with that opportunity. Agreed. And I think we're also, you know, looking at other ways to expand that mindset moving forward. But one thing before we, we kind of move on, just for someone who might be new, if you were to articulate or describe or give an executive summary of the cafe, what is it? Because someone might be new for the first time today and it's like, cafe, that's is a buffet. What do you got going on there? What's yeah. a cafe from a school kind of perspective? Yeah, it's a roundtable conversation. I think I kind of said that where the principal comes prepared to that conversation with these are the things we're trying to accomplish at the school. Uh, this is the part of school culture that could really grow. We want kids to have friends. We want them to belong. We want them to be safe. 
Um, we want them to be incentivized. We want them to come to school. This, uh, this is how we would love to see parents be more involved with their children in their schooling. These are the academic achievement elements, the third grade reading or eighth grade math. And so they really bring those goals to that conversation with community stakeholders. And it's all about building uh, mutually beneficial partnerships, but on behalf of kids. So hoping that the local business, it might be a restaurant, it could be a yoga studio or a karate studio or, you know, any kind of a market <laughs> um, and the faith community and the nonprofit community. Maybe it's Kiwanis or Rotary. We're trying to bring them all together to one table and then really come up with an engagement plan. How can we move the dial at that school on behalf of kids? So that's the core of what a cafe is. And the beautiful thing about a cafe is it's not just a one-time conversation. I think what right. we have seen with the cafes is this is a catalytic event that mm -hmm. School Connect helps to kind of uh, bring people together of people that maybe normally wouldn't sit around a table or they are, but maybe they're not speaking the same language. So maybe that restaurant is trying to bring backpacks into the school, but the school doesn't need backpacks. They need sports equipment or mm -hmm. they need volunteers. And so... The beautiful thing about the cafe is two things. Well, there's a lot, but if I were to put it in two, I think the one thing is these are sustainable relationships that happen outside of this, A. And secondarily, what I see happening is oftentimes you've got someone speaking French, someone else speaking Spanish. They both want the same thing, but they're using different languages. And if you've ever been overseas or in a place where someone speaks a different language, that's super hard and frustrating. And sometimes you're able to figure out where the bathroom is and it might take a long time or you're able to say, okay, I ordered chicken, but I didn't realize it was going to be spicy chicken with pineapples in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, but once you learn the language, you're able to make sure you get the chicken that you want. And that's what mm -hmm. I think one of the many benefits of the cafes. What would you say to that? Well, I, I completely agree. I think that schools you know, education in general has lots of acronyms and big words and, you know, normal people like me, I don't understand, you know, what PBIS is. Now I understand that that's positive behavior intervention support. Oh, I was thinking PBS, so I was thinking Sesame Street. <laughs> I didn't hit the I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. You just don't understand. And you're right. I think we help translate for normal people what yep. is happening in schools and, and what children need and what it, what they're trying to accomplish. And then we do the same thing back, right? We help um, schools understand, hey, a business has all kinds of ways they can contribute to a school, um, not just one way, right? right. And, right. and so I think we're always trying to kind of open everybody's experience and help them speak a common language and then get the excitement of getting to work together to see real change happen. Right. I think the other thing that I saw that I thought was interesting historically, there was a, a conversation that was shared how restaurant A was giving to the school all the time, right? Giving them free food and free stuff. And they were like, oh, we're building a relationship. And then the school had a big event where they could spend money. And they went down to restaurant B and spent their money, right? Yeah. And so right there... If we're looking at it from a, a school's perspective, they may have thought, well, that restaurant A, their prices are too high. They probably can't you know, do anything with the money that we have. So we're going to go down here where we think they're more apt to do that. When in reality, maybe restaurant A would have said, absolutely, we'll discount our, our, our food 20%. 
fit your budget and everybody wins. And I think that happens right. so often it does, in I communities. So many misunderstandings. And I think on the other side as well, right? We've talked about this before, but educators really do have clear goals that they're trying to go for. And sometimes well-meaning partners come to their door and say, well, you need to do this. This is the program you need right. to buy. Right. And that may not be the right fit for that school for that time. Right. Um, but there can be misunderstandings like that. So you're right. We're, we're here to help kind of say, yep. oh, wait, wait, there's an ability for us to all understand each other and work to that common good. Yeah, we're kind of the translator or the broker in the middle. And what's really exciting about that is you get to see so much when you're kind of seeing both sides of that. So back to the original question, anything else on the risk side that you would say as a leader, you're kind of, as you go into this next school year, you're kind of pushing yourself a little bit that maybe our audience might be able to lean into and join you on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the other thing is that we're just really recognizing the tremendous need that is out in the rural and tribal areas of our state. And man, you know, I, the more that I have relationship with superintendents in rural districts and with superintendents in tribal areas, I just realize that their experience, their needs are so different. We kind of think that all schools are the same, all communities are the same, but they're really not. And so it's been such a joy and privilege to get to hear what it is they need. I know that just uh, the other day, so, you know, Arizona is full of monsoons and we don't think about, uh, we think about flooding, you know, just for a short period of time during the monsoon. But in some tribal communities and rural communities, you have, you know, roads washed out. Like you can't even get to where there's food and water or get to school, for example, because of all the water that has come through. And uh, and so just recognizing, man, we really need to expand our thinking and make sure that we're aware of what the needs are in those communities and connect uh, incredible partners to that need. Yeah, agreed. I think sometimes we get so focused in our little areas, um, our little pockets of understanding, and we just focus on that. And we really underestimate the impact that we could be having with our gifts, our geniuses, go back to uh, season one, season two launch, yeah. um, and how that could apply outside of our little community. And so we really do have a responsibility to make sure that we're sharing our geniuses and our talents outside of our community into the rural and tribal areas that so desperately need that. When you think about, you know, a rural area that has, you know, one school, maybe one superintendent, and they don't have the the the, the depth of um, resources available or the depths of people to serve to be able to have the tax money that we would have in a more populated area. So I was blown away whenever I heard you say a couple months ago that there was a superintendent who drives the bus every day. Does well, that is that real? I mean, when there only when there's an emergency, obviously, but but what we're the kind of situation we're in is is that instead of having five people who each do their own thing, oftentimes superintendents or principals, um, or even teachers, they wear several hats in all of those communities. And the other thing that is really powerful to recognize is that oftentimes the school or district is the largest employer in that area, right? And so they're very right. responsible, really, for the welfare of the whole community. 
Like they know whether that person in that, that little uh, area uh, has food or they have access to water or whether they can get to school or not, you know? So um, yeah, I think there's a lot of having to work together. And um, one of the things we did um, in this last year that I'm very excited about is we created a training that is online to be able to train people online so that if we're in a position where, you know, we can't have a huge staff that is going all over the state of Arizona to every single rural community, um, we have a training that helps volunteers learn how to do great work in their local school, how to work alongside their principal and their superintendent. And, um, and that's just been so wonderful to know that, you know, as technology is increasing across the state and getting to tribal lands and getting to rural areas as well, we've been expanding our ability to give them the kind of support that they need. So I think what I hear you saying is that really looking ahead into this next school year, School Connect is, is intentionally trying to find ways to expand the model and the service that we bring into the rural community and the tribal communities, because that hasn't been something historically that has been a focus. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, I think one of the things that happened for us, um, a, a positive from the pandemic was that we got a chance to build an infrastructure of online training that we could offer. And then of course, we've been able to multiply the volunteers. And so it, it means that we can really go to those locations, build communities of support around those schools, give them training, and then they'll have that training that they can train others, right? So it's it's been a, a real privilege and joy to get to participate um, with, uh, honestly, uh, as we're going into this year, we're starting to be able to connect with uh, rural districts literally all over the state of Arizona. It's been a joy. It has been. And there's so much need um, that really needs to be met. And so I think, the again, the takeaway for us is to think about, yes, I'm serving my community locally, but mm -hmm. how could we potentially expand that into communities that don't have the skill sets that maybe we do in our local community? So how can we potentially expand if we're already really invested in a local community what are some next steps that we can we can take to expand to help mm -hmm. our our rural and tribal communities that are on the outside of our current community yeah one of the cool examples that i could give is that i'm on the board of ace mentoring which is uh, really a nonprofit that helps uh, students learn about architecture construction and engineering and uh, generally that's an all in-person experience in the, in the past. But when the pandemic came, we learned how to offer that both online and in person. And so it's cool because um, oftentimes students who might be further out, who might not be any place where there's a location to learn directly from somebody in person who is, uh, you know, an incredible um, in the industry of architecture or construction or engineering, they can learn online live with that person showing them how to do that work. And it's, it's just exciting to see what's possible. You know, yes. oftentimes when you collaborate, then you start to find out, Oh, we can actually, so we doubled, you know, we tripled actually in, in the number of schools we we're able to impact in just one year because wow. we, did, we could do that. Um, and I think that's real hope. I think, as you start thinking this about specialists who might be able to teach 
uh, in right. an online context, maybe someone who um, they don't have in their region uh, or their rural area or their tribal right. area. Here they have access to experts in yep. those very areas. That's super exciting. So we're getting close to the end. Um, one thing that I think that we probably don't highlight enough is School Connect is not just in Arizona. Yeah. There has been a grassroots slow movement to other cities across the country adopting our model. And I That's think it would be valuable in the last couple of minutes just to kind of for you to give a highlight of where are we at right now in the model of or in the where are we at right now in School Connect expansion outside of Arizona? Because I think people might be a bit surprised as to what's going on. Yeah, well, man, we're so excited. We have an incredible team in Lafayette, Louisiana. A matter of fact, um, that team has gotten to see academic growth in the school district where they have been serving for the last year or two years, which is really exciting. And we're in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we are in Oklahoma City. That's been exciting to see happen. We're in Fort Wayne, Indiana, in Chicago, Illinois. Appleton and Madison, Wisconsin. We just got started in Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, and then in Southern California and Orange County and in Northern California as well. So, man, it's just been a total thrill to see that this idea of building a village around a school, strategic partnerships, it can happen anywhere, anywhere. And it's, uh, it's great to see leaders jump into that. Yeah, I think the other thing, you know, as we really pause and celebrate this expansion, we haven't spent any money to make this expansion happen, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, except your time, which of course right. is valuable yeah, and your influence, right. mm -hmm. but it's not like we're out there marketing School Connect on Google across the country and we're hoping right. to get people to respond. What's happening is you're having conversations, meaningful conversations with the circles that you're in people are hearing about the success of School Connect in Arizona and they're saying, well, I don't live in Arizona, but we need that. And they're bringing mm -hmm. it locally to their organizations, their local organizations. And to your point earlier, it just continues to reinforce the power of the model yeah, and the impact that it can have. And so again, if you are not in Arizona and you've stumbled on this podcast because someone shared it with you or you're searching and you're like, well, I don't live in Arizona, so this doesn't really apply to me. I think what we're here to say is absolutely it does. We make it very simple to be able to come alongside other cities and help them implement this model. Um, we're very generous in the investment that's required to do this. And you have access to great people like Tracy and the rest of the team who can help you avoid things that maybe we've experienced can help you know how to position this to be successful locally um, and can just be a cheerleader. Sometimes what we really need is a cheerleader. So again, if you're listening to us and you're not in Arizona, this is someone out there needs to hear this and you need to bring School Connect locally. So if that's you, you know who you are because there's something in your head right now saying he's not talking to me. He's not talking to me. If that's you, <laughs> we want you to send he's an email. Talking to you. <laughs> yes, talking to you. Yeah. That's you. We want you to send an email to info at schoolconnectaz.org and just let's have a conversation. Let's have a virtual cup of coffee 
and let's hear about your what you're trying to accomplish, what's going on locally. Let's share with you what's happening here in Arizona, and let's let's see if there's some synergy, right? Yeah, I, and I would say I have an incredible group of city directors who are doing yes. this coconut model. Like they are smart, fun, funny, thoughtful, insightful. They're great partners. Yes. And and you'll have access to all of those individuals, not just amazing people. Yes. Which you're which is invaluable. So uh, take that as a potential takeaway as well. So as we wrap up part two of season two, um, I'm just excited about what's going to happen in these next few weeks and all of the content that we're going to be able to share with our listeners and the impact that School Connect is going to have both locally and nationally, and maybe next year we'll be able to say internationally. So if if you need to send me over to Paris or Italy, <laughs> I'm happy to go. You just let you're, me know. You're sign up. Huh? You're yeah, sign I, up I will do that. School Connect representative in Paris. All yes, right. I All will right. be more than happy I, to be there. I, I could figure that. I would could figure that out, Tim Tiller. <laughs> so, so as we wrap up, we just want to challenge our listeners again, really think about how you can come alongside the great work that School Connect is doing. And we're just going to remind you, there's four ways. All of us can do two. Some of us can do the all four. The first one is to share the podcast. Make sure that you share this on your social platform, share it with your team. Um, make sure that you stay abreast of the conversations, get on the mailing list, forward the, the mail to all of your friends and family. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing, as we just talked about, is bring this model to your school or your community. So if you're in Arizona and you don't know if School Connect is in your local community, reach out. Let's find out. And if it's not, let's let's make it happen. The third one, which we all sometimes cringe, is invest. Yeah. Financially invest in the School Connect model. I invest. I you invest. invest. I invest. Our That's board right. invests. We all invest. Yes. Yes. And there's so much more that we could be doing. And unfortunately, at times, the financial side of the equation limits that. And it probably adds more work hours to Tracy's week and other members of the team. So just think about that. That might be something that we're, you're able to do. And the final one anyone can volunteer. So yes. come alongside School Connect, see how you schools. can volunteer, join us, bring your geniuses to School Connect, reach out to us. If you want to do any of these, you can do a couple things. You can go to our website, www.schoolconnectaz.org. And there you'll be able to get access to be able to donate or reach out to us. Or you can simply just send us an email and say, here's what I've got. Here's how I can help use me where you need me and we will schedule a conversation and uh, I'm excited about what could happen. Yeah, me too. Right. All right. Well, have a great day and be looking for the next great content that you're going to hear on season two. Can't wait. Until next time. Uh-huh.